0: Hello Gems! Welcome to another episode of TRs in Tech. I'm your host, Shelley Benhoff, and today I'm talking to Didi Asitbo and she is a Senior Developer Advocate at Ambassador Labs. We talked about how to overcome learning struggles, her passion for cloud, native, and Kubernetes, and some solid advice for anyone who's interested in a career in tech. Without further ado, on to the episode. Hey, Dee Dee, thank you so, so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Super excited.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like I said, I'm a fan, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like nerding out here that you've accepted my invitation
1: anyway. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's just jump right in and have you tell us your tech story
1: all right cool um so my tech story right i feel like i i mean unlike like most people who came, well not most but i feel like recently we now have like lots of people who have started a career in tech without necessarily studying computer science well that was quite different for me i actually studied computer science um uh, but i don't necessarily tie getting into tech into computer science i'm going to tell you why i mean in retrospect you can think about uh, like Oh, if I didn't study computer science, then maybe I wouldn't have gone for that internship. But i like to tie my, uh, my career in tech or getting into tech to that internship. So generally I studied um, computer science at Renesas University in Nigeria. And I mean, if you, most Nigerian, not all, but most Nigerian universities are not very invested in like, on like the practical side of things, right? So they teach you the theoretical bit, you get to read, but you don't really do like lots of practical and prior to joining, prior to going to college, right? I, I used to think computer science was easy, right? Like the teacher would come in and explain something. It was so interesting, so fascinating like I could just like press things. But when I went to college, it wasn't like that anymore. It became like a lot more difficult than I had thought it was going to be, right? And I was just basically like reading to pass my exams. The excitement wasn't there. I I just I just had to like hey, I'll write an exams tomorrow then I'll go read for the exams and then pass the exams, right? So there is this thing um, in your 10 year where you go to do an internship with the company. So the idea behind that is to get you up to speed of what the world will look like after you graduate. So I went to do an internship in that company and then I got an opportunity to learn how to develop Android applications with Java. And then it was like amazing and fantastic. I mean, I could actually implement or get implement the things that I had learned. It wasn't just the theoretical aspects of things anyway. It was actually building something. I remember the first application I built was just like a very basic app. But it could like run on my phone. I could like connect it to my phone, click on the application, and then something popped up. I was like, oh my God, if we could actually do that thing now, it means that maybe someday I'll be able to build the next Facebook or whatever. But that was definitely what sparked the joy of tech for me and i was like okay hey this stuff is actually interesting right and then when i went back to school a lot of things made more sense things that were so difficult began to seem a bit easier i wouldn't say it became completely easier but it definitely um like changed so going going to that internship for me is like the reason why i decided to be in tech because I think about if i just gone through the normal parts of just going to school without finding that excitement, without finding that, um, like, let's say control or some sort of inspiration during that internship, then maybe, I don't know, though, maybe I would have probably switched into a different field or something.
0: Yeah. You touched on a topic that, I mean is so important to understand when you're learning things, you know, there are many different ways to learn something and not everybody, um, acclimates to college and like a strict. Yeah. Um, I am, I am just like you. I, I studied computer science and, um, (laughs) and yeah, it was a lot of practical stuff. It was really boring. I think that's why a lot of people quit early on because, my, my freshman year, we had, like, hundreds in, in the CS program. By the time mm-hmm. we were graduating, there was maybe, like, a quarter of us left.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's hard. We have a lot of hard. In science as well. I mean, it is, right? I feel like with the number of resources now and, like, everything, people just <laughs> generally make tech to seem like a super easy thing. But it's not easy. I mean, it's doable. It's achievable. but it's really not i mean just like every other thing in life right it's not it's not easy you have to um like put in the work to get to the point where you want to be
0: yeah i think the um quote easy part is tutorials and, and following instructions yep. yeah. that are actionable <laughs> and that work. But then mm-hmm. when you get out into the
1: real world,
0: you have to figure out how to like translate the stuff that you learned in the tutorial to whatever was, you're
1: building. I, yeah. Exactly. Like spot on. <laughs> I used to have like yeah. so much issue with that. I would follow this tutorial. Like, okay. Yeah, I know this stuff, but then when you start to actually build it out somewhere without actually following a sense of instruction, like when he came to the point where I had to like think about what I needed to do. I realized that, oh, okay. It's not as easy as I thought it was when I was watching the tutorial. Yeah. I think exactly. it's important for people to know that, especially folks who are just starting out or want to build the career for themselves. Like if you know that from the beginning that this is not going to be the easiest thing, then you're already mentally prepared for it. But if you think, oh, Hey, it's easy. watch the tutorial? I feel like at some point you will just be exhausted or feel like you're not good enough. But you actually I oh, just had a different perception of it before you started.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and as a um trainer, like I I was told early on never to say that something is simple, never mm-hmm. to say that something is easy because there's going to be a student out there who's struggling and me telling them that it's simple is going to make them feel stupid.
1: So Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's definitely good advice to be honest, just thinking about it now, because if it's easy for you, does not necessarily mean it easy for other people, so using that yeah. statement, yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense.
0: And like, of course it's easy for me, I've been doing this for 20 years, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I make it look easy, but yeah. Um, yeah, so you have a very coveted job as a dev advocate, which is, yeah. you know, just, I am parallel to that, I suppose. I do uh, content, but on my own, so I don't like oh, make a company or anything. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's all very dope.
1: Actually, love everyone yeah. who's doing stuff for themselves. It's like oh, I mean, it's sorry, hard. not to cut short. No, 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 like, no. It's like I honestly have respect for people who go out to like stuff on your own entrepreneurs, content creators that are just doing it by themselves because honestly, it's like, it's not the easiest thing to do, to be honest. It isn't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I appreciate that. I'm struggling at the moment, but because it's, you know, September, school's in, not a lot of people are, you know, consuming my content, which Mm -hmm. happens, you know, every year. During summer. Maybe yeah, it makes sense. yeah. It's a shame, but yeah. So no, no, it's fine. <laughs> it, interrupt me anytime. This is just a chat. <laughs> it isn't like you know planned out topics, even though I, I did okay. such topics. But yeah, <laughs> it's casual. Anyway, All right. why? <laughs> why did you want to be a dev advocate?
1: Oh, interesting. So um, like I mentioned, right, when I went for that internship during my third year in um, college, one interesting thing about that place or that company was that it was very invested in developer communities, right? So maybe once every month or per quarter, you'd see people come together to like learn about technologies, teach each other, just trying to like help the, the local community there get to know about tech, the benefits of being in tech, the opportunities that come from tech. And for me, it was very um, inspiring for me because I feel like generally in life, I've always been like the youngest person in, like among my peers, right? So like from high school, I was the youngest. In university, I was the youngest. So it just always felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Maybe I should have stayed like a year long before in, right? So in that company, I got to see other young people like myself, maybe relatively all that in like, it's like a couple of like two or three years, but they like classified them as young people. Right. So seeing them teach each other, learn from people, just share their knowledge was very inspiring from, I think it's like one of the reasons why I decided to be in tech as well. And also one of the reasons why I, I was very invested in communities. I've been invested in communities is things like sharing contents and writing articles, speaking at events um recording videos and it pretty much started from there from seeing other people doing it learning from other people's work and then realizing okay maybe i have some sort of knowledge that i can share for other people to learn i know people always think that oh i just got into tech you shouldn't share knowledge but i always maintain the fact that even if you've been in tech for one month the someone who has been in tech for one day right and the knowledge you have as someone who has been in tech for one month to be extremely beneficial to that person and oftentimes even your knowledge can be beneficial to people who have been in tech for like a really long time because they've lost touch of that beginner mindset they've lost touch of how beginners actually think right so your information or the knowledge that you have is essential to people and could also be essential to you in the future so i think the the need to like share my knowledge just like i benefited from other people's knowledge was one of the reasons why i decided to delve more into the community and I, at the time, I used to do those things for free write articles, record videos, all of this stuff. So, developer advocacy is basically doing all of those things, but now the company is actually paying you to do them. So, it was just like a great opportunity for me to continue to pay back, right? Because I know that I benefited from people's articles, people's videos, people's Twitter threads about stuff, right? That I really couldn't understand from the documentation. So, being able to do that for other people is like, um something I I hold dear to my heart so the fact that I can do that and combine it as a full-time job is one of the reasons why I decided to be a developer advocate And so that's generally how the journey has been for me just getting inspired by other people doing the same thing learning from their work and realizing okay I could also do this as well to also help other people and eventually getting a full-time job permit
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is so important for people to understand that they need to be open to learn from anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've, I've like what you said about people who are experienced have, have lost that, you know, the whimsy and, you know, the um, excitement, I guess, of, (laughs) you know, figuring something out and it clicks and you're like, yes, I totally (laughs) get that. Yeah. And it's, um, so important for people to just learn from anyone. Don't ever think that somebody else doesn't have anything to teach you. You don't mm-hmm. need to like a person personally, either to learn from them. Plus yeah.
1: one, I don't, I mean, I, what, what I need is your knowledge, right? Because knowledge <laughs> of me. I'm doing I don't, I, mean, I don't need to like, or not like you. That's exactly.
0: Most like my worries. That's the least of your worries. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, uh, how did you, um,
1: (laughs) get your job, I guess? Oh, um, so one of the benefits of being a developer advocate or being someone who is active in the community is that people get to know you for certain things, right? So if you're, always talking about technical writing or Kubernetes or Docker, any of this stuff, certain people in the community will know you to be someone who is knowledgeable about the subject matter or someone who is knowledgeable about developer advocacy or speaking the community, right? So, um, and soft, like it's actually been like a while since I actually applied for a job myself. And the reason why that happens is because I talk about stuff a lot on like social media post on my blog. So. There always recruiters out there trying to look up a boot to recruit so for my current role actually got um uh and like i got i think a linkedin message from the recruiter and then an email from my current manager who is the um, head of developer relations at ambassador labs and i just thought oh okay this is cool, and at, at the time, I wasn't very familiar with Kubernetes or the cloud native ecosystem. But prior to that moment where I got the email, I've always found it super fascinating and thought to myself, "Okay, I'd like to like check out this um, ecosystem. I used to be in the web ecosystem, right? And I'm like, I'd like to check out this, this ecosystem at some point. So it just felt like the right opportunity at the right time because I actually wanted to try out new things, do more than I was at, at my former job." So I said, yeah, sure. I would like to have the conversation with you. Did the interviews with them. And it was literally one of the best um, experiences I've had in terms of interviewing. I hate interviews. I don't know. There are people who actually love doing them. But me, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't like to pass through the mental stress of that. I mean, I know that it's important because you have to do those interviews to join certain companies, but this was very, um... Interesting, relaxing. It was great to hear the company's vision. It was nice to see plans that they had in terms of like growth for people who worked at the company. And I was just like, okay, this sound sounded cool. It will give me an opportunity to learn about Kubernetes, to learn about the cloud native ecosystem, Docker, and also continue to do what I love, which is developer advocacy. So yeah, it's been I think a year and almost two months now since I joined the company and yeah, it's literally been, like, one of the best places I've worked in so far. So I think I think I made a great decision to join them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And you saw my reaction about
0: recruiters <laughs> reaching out to you. Yeah. yeah like, I, the one thing that I hate here is that a lot of them text you, and I'm like, don't on your get phone? My, on my phone. Yeah. And You're like joking. continue, continue to do so until you either respond, like stop contacting me or or you block them, which is what I, I always oh, do. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. It's really like, rude. How yeah. did it get your number in the first That's case? what
0: I'm saying. Like it, it, it's not like public information. I am I'm yeah. not posting my resume with my personal mm-hmm. information. I see people do this all the time and I'm like, please don't don't post your address <laughs> and your phone number know, on, the, on twitter
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like most times it's because they've not really had experience with like updating cv's i remember what my first cv looked, looked like i think i definitely had my phone number in there my what i had like all of the information you needed but as you continue to like grow or stay in the ecosystem realize that most of these things are actually not necessary so you begin to like cut it down yeah. So I hope that at some point they will definitely remove those information from the CV.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's not needed anymore. I can't remember the last time I scheduled a job interview over the phone. Like that's done oh. in email. <laughs> <laughs> or in on no Twitter. Way. I've actually done that too. <laughs> oh,
1: really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> so like chatting on Twitter or voice recording on Twitter? Chat,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it okay.
0: was. It was a turn. I was like, "Wow, we're <laughs> really living in a new age now." I, I just got a job I off know. Twitter.
1: Like things are changing. Wow. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Kubernetes. I am also super into all of that stuff. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a uh, Docker. Um, uh, what's it called?
1: Community community that that from leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's really nice.
0: um, yeah, and I love their um community is so like inclusive and amazing mm-hmm. and just like welcoming, is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcoming. The first no time word. I heard yeah, that, I mean, was I like,
1: "Yeah, yeah, welcome too."
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's talk about the magic that is all of all this containerization, Kubernetes. Um, Yeah. <laughs> why do you um specialize in all of that?
1: Cool. So uh, when I worked at, it was a company I worked at called Interswitch. And at the time I just worked in the web development field, right? So we had like the DevOps team and then it was like the web team and the Android team. So I used to sit down close to one of the DevOps engineers, right? And whenever something went down, like an application went down, you would always see people message that DevOps engineer, or like try to speak to him. And like, his name is Abdul. So they're like, hey, Abdul, what's going on? And he'll be like, Kubernetes is down or Kibana is not working, like all of those words. And I was like, okay, this all sounds super interesting. And then you see him in his command line, typing in some commands and things will get returned. And I'm like, what is all of this? So it just seemed like something very um, interesting for me. And I mean, since I wasn't in the cloud native space or the DevOps space, I really had no clue what it was, but I had like a vague understanding of what Kubernetes meant or what the DevOps thing was expected to do in general. So... Um, I just had it at the back of my mind that I would love to go more in depth into this thing at some point in my career, right? Because I feel like every human has a point where they just want to try new things. So I was like, whenever I feel like trying something new, then maybe I'll just switch into this field. So I eventually made that switch when I officially joined uh, my current company, right? And I feel like the, the, the world is slowly going to a point where everything would have to be on the cloud, right? But moving from a monolithic um, architectural system to go into microservices, because it has a lot more benefits than monolithic architectures, right? You can easily, I mean, unlike before, where people had to like write codes for months and then now shift the code. With the microservice architecture now, but basically saying, hey, you don't need to wait for that long to do that because doing that will cause things like merge conflict or something called merge hell, where I go to write, a, a, so we're like two engineers in a team, expected to write a certain level of code and the other person is expected to write a certain level of code as well and in using the monolithic architecture we just we take like let's say a month or a couple of weeks to write this code and then we come back and like hey let's merge this thing together because we've both not seen each other's codes in like in weeks we, we may have deleted something that the other person was working on and that will now cause something called merge hell where it's like super hard to like merge up the two code changes that has been made For the microservice architecture, every single time I make a code change, I can push it to GitHub for instance. And then the other person also pushes their code to GitHub. So that way we can like reduce merge conflicts. We can get a sense of what the other person is working on. We can also give feedback to those other people quickly. So the microservice and the, the microservice architecture, and also the plan of moving things to the cloud helps to resolve some of these issues that existed in the past, right? Of course, there's still like a lot of work to bring in more people into the, uh, like the microservice way of thinking because it's actually super hard to do that. Like trying to break down a system from being a monolithic application all the way to microservice architecture. It takes a long period of time. So I feel like we still have a long way to go to eventually achieve that. But then the benefits of, microservices, Kubernetes, Docker is 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 a lot, right? It's like it's a lot more beneficial than the previous way of doing things. And I feel like just being part of this right now that not everybody's here, we're continuing to like advocate for the benefits of doing these things is just great because there's going to be a point where they will most likely not be a monolithic architecture you know, again or monolithic application anymore. So being one of the people who is like helping to pioneer this is fantastic because at that point you'd have a lot more knowledge that you can help companies. Maybe you could decide to be a consultant or just do something personal, right? Because you have, you have all of that information. So I just think it's like fascinating. I think it's the future. And I believe that at some point all of the applications will now be on the cloud. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, Kubernetes is
0: magic first of all like yes. <laughs> i i have had instances where um i had to do a emergency scale up um of web servers and you know without containers and kubernetes is a very manual process y- you have yeah. to spin up the new server you have to install all the things and whatever mm-hmm. kubernetes you you say scale and you say I a know. number and it and just makes it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it right. handles all the networking. It handles like the DNS, the load balancer. I just can't mm-hmm. even.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, it's so much. If you, if you want to explain or measure the benefits, you probably have to take it on this call. So like tomorrow, it's just a lot, <laughs> a lot of benefits. Totally. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, yeah. So next I have a, um, segment that I like to call precious gems. This is where I share, um, like a comment or a quote from, um, a person on social media. So I'm going to share my screen here. Um, this one was a comment on Instagram from a, a quote from, an episode where I had a drag queen and she is amazing. And she was just telling people about, you know, you need to utilize any free or inexpensive resources where you can learn it yourself first. And the comment was, yes, in fact, being resourceful can help us be more self-sufficient. And that was from, uh, Deeper than tech. So, thank you very much for your comment. If you want to um, be featured on the show, add a comment to our posts (laughs) on social media Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitch. All of (laughs) them. Oh, yeah. We're on there. Yep. I absolutely read all of them. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's get back to you and your awesome career. Yeah. Let's talk about cloud native. What, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're already talking about containers and, mm-hmm. and Kubernetes um, cloud native, I guess is the overall ecosystem. Yeah. I'm not exactly Yeah, So sure. it's,
1: it's, it's like a general, it's like a general term for um, applications built on the cloud, right? So, when you say something is on the cloud, it means oh, it's like it's it's being held somewhere on the cloud. Maybe it could be like a server, right? So cloud native is building applications based off these cloud technologies, right? So if you build an application that is is let's say deployed to Kubernetes cluster, for instance, or it's containerized using Docker, then that is a cloud native application because you're building and using cloud technologies. So cloud native is like a um, how do I call it, like a broad term where you, a broad term that encompasses these different um, applications. just like, let's, let's say, um, building mobile applications, right, where you use like either Android or Java and all of those things. So the building of it with Java is like, okay, you're actually building a native application to that, um, OS, right? So Android on itself is like an operating system, right? Where we can have it running on a phone when you are building, um, applications, then you are building an Android native application, which is based off. Android as an operating system. So cloud native is basically building applications using cloud native, sorry, using cloud technologies.
0: Cool. Yeah. I, I always need a refresher on stuff like that. There's so many like terms, terminologies. I know. I yeah. know. I know. There's it's like a cloud, lot.
1: Network, cloud computing, cloud computing model. It's, 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 it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a
0: lot of stuff that is worth learning. Segway to next question. What are some good learning, uh, re resources for, um, containers and, um, yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I there are a lot. Um, my company has uh, one as well. So maybe I'll just send you links to those resources. But if you Google, sure. we have a Kubernetes Learning Center where you can learn about Kubernetes. And we also have like a glossary where we explain different concepts in the cloud native space. But I also love Code Cloud. Um, I think it's a fantastic learning resource. Then there's also this article written by... Um, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but it's an article on FreeCodeCamp. So what I'll do is I'll share all of those resources with you so I can maybe link them up in the, I don't know, YouTube oh, or yeah, somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So there are also awesome resources out there. There's also uh, like Siam, there's Kunal, who also share fantastic resources about like DevOps, Cloud Native, and Kubernetes. So I'm going to also send that as well. But they're awesome. And I feel like a quick Google search will give you access to the resources. But the name my favorite, I would say um, the Humanities Learning Center by Ambassador Labs, um, Code Cloud by Mohammed, and then um, Kunal's YouTube channel, and then resources on Free Code Camp as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are all great resources. I've um I've used a couple of them. Um again, like Docker and Kubernetes, the learning curve on that is very steep. Do not it feel is. bad if you don't get it quickly. <laughs> like it took me Absolutely. months to just even like, what is a container? What is an image? Me too. Like,
1: <laughs> me too. It was it was intense. Like you would learn and then reach a point. They're like, oh yeah, now I know this stuff. But you now realize that there's still so much more you need to learn, right? So it's like it gets very overwhelming super quickly. So it's important to realize or just remember that this is like a lot. It's it's there are so many concepts, so many things inside of it. So you just need to like take a break and do as much as you can like the time you have and not feel overwhelmed or put a lot of pressure on yourself.
0: Exactly. Yes. Excellent um advice. So yeah, let's talk about technical writing. This is also another, we have so much in common. Like I've oh, technical cool. writing and <laughs> you love technical writing. I what do. are some important skills?
1: For a technical writer? Yeah. To oh, write. For someone who wants to become yeah. a technical writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say understanding your audience, right? So I've, I've seen different articles where the topic is cent- is something that is centered around the beginner, but then the contents is written for experts. Right. And I feel like knowing who your audience is, like one of the key things you need to understand as someone who wants to become a technical writer, right? Because you need to identify, Hey, who am I writing for? Am I writing this article for a beginner? Am I writing it for an intermediate person or am I writing it for an expert? Because when you ask yourself those questions, it helps you tailor your content to the right audience. So I don't want to see a topic named um, "how to trigger" or um, "how to trigger an element in React," for instance. And then the content of that topic is is talking about scroll trigger plugin. It doesn't make sense because the topic says is going to teach me about a football, for instance. I should be able to see the actual football, see the content, talk about the football, and not the cup. So understanding your audience helps you to tailor your content to those to that particular audience. And then I think another thing for me would be researching because every person who writes does not necessarily know every single thing, right? So you want to be able to um, give yourself all of the information you need to write reasonable and correct content, right? You don't want to be spreading bad information out there. You don't want to be giving people the wrong impression about particular technology or particular concept. You need to be able to carry out all the necessary research you need to fully understand how that technology or that programming language or that concept works before you write an article about it. And then my final um, skill would be having a unique voice. And by unique voice, I mean keeping true to yourself, right? Because, I mean, it's okay to get inspired by other people's work, to want to write like other people, but it's always essential and very important to still maintain like the way you speak or the way you would generally explain something to someone. And I'm going to give you an example. So at this time, I wanted to write an article on how to manipulate the DOM with JavaScript. And if, if you're a web developer, you know that that's a very important topic, right? Meaning that there's been so many content about it, so many articles, so many videos, so many, like just name it. that content is a lot on, this, on the internet. And then when I was almost done with writing this article, I thought to myself, why are you writing it? Like, why do you want to publish it? There's already a thousand and one articles about the same thing. Why are you adding to it? And then I was like, okay. I mean, even if nobody reads it, at some point in the future, I might need to remember something, right? Because our brain doesn't remember every single thing. And then this article could actually help me. And then I wrote the article and then posted it on Twitter. And then to my surprise, the article got like, lots of retweets and likes. I think you got like up to 600 and something likes and about 200 plus retweets. And then you would see people comment on that, the article that, oh, they've actually been struggling with this thing. But then after reading my article, they now actually understand it. And they now made me realize that even if there's been hundreds of content about the same thing, there are still people out there who still don't understand it based off those content because they are looking for a unique, a unique, style of writing that would speak to them, right? So the way I write something might speak to 50 people while the way you write something speaks to the other 50 people. So not writing in the way you're supposed to pretty much deprives those 50 people who would have understood what you said of actually understanding it. So get inspired by other people, get the inspiration that you need, but don't forget who you are. Don't forget to use your own words when actually writing technical articles.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. And it's um, important to know that, yeah, there's content out there. Like, there's tons of things that are repeated over and over. When people are scared to publish a topic that, you know, is widely um, available already, I always tell them, I mean, here... Our stores, there are so many different types of bread. There are so many different exactly. like, <laughs> brands of bread, um, cuts of bread, like rolls mm. and hot dog rolls. And so, like, just walk down the bread aisle and be like, you know what? I have things to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. perfect example, to be honest. Yes, mm-hmm. it's bread, but there are different types. And a certain person will like a certain type, while exactly. The other person will prefer the other. Yeah,
0: exactly. Spot
1: on. Spot
0: on. Yeah. So, how can we um, improve the overall uh, dev workflow? Hmm,
1: that's an interesting question. I think I think I think it generally depends on what the developer is trying to achieve, right? So, if you are, let's say, a DevOps engineer, for instance, I'll speak to that because I mean, I'm now in the cloud space. So I think that uh, most organizations adopted uh, cloud native technologies like Kubernetes, for instance, to help them move faster because with Kubernetes, you don't necessarily have to wait for months before you push something to production. You can always push it as soon as it's ready, and then people can test it. There are even things like, let's say, Canary releases, for instance, where you can push your, your updates to only a certain number of users and then test it, if it's going well with them, then you now ship it out to other users. So even though Kubernetes has like tons of benefits, it also has downsides, like you not being able to quickly uh, like test or see the impact of your code changes. So in, in the monolithic environment, it was easy to like write something and then you just like build and then React shows you the um, the results of this, of those code changes. But with the, with the microservice architecture now, where you are working with Kubernetes, it's not that easy anymore because there are so many services. Most often than not, the actual service they're working is already in production. So you don't want to do some, something that would temper or affect the service in production. So trying to improve your workflow in this kind of architecture would mean having certain, like let's say, tools and services that makes these things easier. For instance, the CI environment that would help you automatically, um, like, Uh, deploy things There's a github actions circle ci those kind of tools that help you make deploying a lot easier so another of my favorites is a tool called telepresence which is a cncf tool which basically allows you to quickly see the impact of your code changes so instead of um making a code change building it pushing it to docker then deploying it into the production environment or um testing environment before seeing the impact of your code changes you can literally just see when you are developing those changes so it just it gives you the same feeling you would have gotten in a monolithic architecture but you're still getting the benefits of a microservice architecture so yeah you're using kubernetes you're using all of your awesome things that kubernetes provides for you but then you're still getting that fast feedback if you don't have to wait for minutes or hours to to the of your coaching is you can get them as soon as possible. And I feel like to summarize, I would say in order to improve the developer workflow, it's identifying certain things that, that you can do to make it better. So are you struggling with deploying, then maybe we should try like GitHub actions or try another tool that helps make it, that helps make deploying a lot easier, a lot more automated. Are you having a slow feedback with Then We try a tool like telepresence, right? Are you trying to do something more specific then? the quick Google search would give you certain tools that could handle those things because I feel like people are generally building tools centered around specific things these days. Like, someone has a problem with this and they're like, oh, hey, I should build a tool for that. And before you know, it becomes a startup and they're raising money. <laughs> so there's literally almost a tool for everything nowadays in the cloud into ecosystem.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't heard of that before. I will definitely check that out. Anything to... Automate manual processes and make our lives easier. Because I've been through um, deployments to production that took like fourteen hours before.
1: Yeah, and you wonder
0: like what could have possibly gone wrong? Everything, (laughs) everything went wrong.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. It can be. It can be crazy most of the time. Like, but yeah, there's definitely tools out there to make it easier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so what advice do you have for anyone who is interested in a career in tech?
1: Um, My advice would just be to start, right? I feel like a lot of people think about it. They're like, oh, hey, should I start? Uh, Maybe I'm not really good at it. What exactly should I do? All you just need to do is actually start. Like, that's that's the way you, you learn about things. It's like writing, for instance. There is this quote that says, You only learn how to write by writing. And I've just pretty much applied that within every other part of my life. You only learn how to code by coding. You only learn how to exercise by exercise. You only learn how to read by reading. It's like whatever thing you're trying to do in life, you only learn how to do those things by actually doing those things because those, doing them gives you like a lot more practical experience, gives you an opportunity to to decide that you do not want to do this anymore, or you want to transition into a different field, right? like an instance would be people saying, oh, hey, should I be a front-end developer or should I be a back-end developer? You would really know except you actually try doing one and then realize that, okay, I don't think I'm really doing doing well here. I don't think this is really for me. Then you go to try the second one and then you now realize, okay, hey, maybe the first one was better. So by actually starting, you give yourself um, an opportunity to see how it would actually feel like instead of just making assumptions. So my advice for, like, every person who wants to get started in tech is to start. You start and then you figure it out from there. It's absolutely okay to start as a web developer and then transition until you want to become a technical writer or that you want to become a DevOps engineer. It's absolutely fine. But you can't make these transitions if you don't actually start.
0: Absolutely. That is such good advice. I think... um, people are are often afraid to start and um <laughs> afraid to fail yep this is a topic I probably talk about it on almost every single episode, but failure is a good thing. You, you I learn know. from failure,
1: you, you do know, you can be sad what you learn from them.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it hurts. It stings sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know how many projects I've had declined this year, <laughs> but yeah, it just, you just keep on is all. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's a lot to learn in uh, tech and, I would also say that you don't have to stick to like one specialty either.
1: Um, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's very, very important to know. It's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I agree. Absolutely. Um,
0: I do web stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I recently started to write games. And oh, okay. the reason for that was because on, uh, or, um, in my web experience, I did C sharp, a hundred yeah. percent mm-hmm. unity is the platform that I'm using to write all my games. And that is C sharp. So they're oh, like wow. related. Yeah. They're so okay. But the logic flow and all, it's very, very different to mm-hmm. handle objects in an actual, like, you know, program outside of code but um yeah it's so interesting you don't have to stick to one thing everything's kind of related connected
1: somehow yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I completely agree with that like that's like (laughs) something everybody's every that's like a very important information everybody should know because people start and they feel like oh switching will make them almost feel like starting all over again but Not necessarily because most of these things in tech have some sort of connection or the information or the knowledge you have from this would be very beneficial. I the other part that you decide to take. So plus one to what you just said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then also I'll add, I haven't talked about this yet and I I just learned this recently. Unity. um, The platform has a, uh, docker um like plugin or whatever so that's that's how people publish games they use docker and like kubernetes and stuff i'm just like oh my god So it is That's all connected. A connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. It Absolutely is. Like it very everything.
0: <laughs> cool. Did you know that? That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I've extended our, our our conversation as long as I could because I didn't want to let you go. But it is time for us to wrap up. Before I let you go, can you tell everybody um, uh, <laughs> where to connect online with you?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I'm mostly active on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter at DidiCodes, D-I-D-I-C-O-D-E-S. And on LinkedIn, which is my full name, Ogasico, it will be hard to spell. So just literally copy the name from the podcast that I search on LinkedIn.
0: Great. Yeah. And I will have links to all of your stuff um in the uh <laughs> notes or description if you are watching it on youtube didi thank you so much this was so fun thank you so
1: much for having me as well to have an amazing day
0: if you want to support us please like subscribe and share this episode with your fellow gems let me know in the comments what other topics you would like me to cover and follow TRs in Tech on social media and use the hashtag MakeYourselfShine. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great day.